Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about a subject that is extremely important that we probably don't talk about enough, which is how do you actually build a life as a writer? Sure, it would be easy if all you had to do was write, if you didn't have a day job, if you didn't have friends, if you didn't have work, if you didn't have vacation, if you didn't have family, if you didn't have dreams, if you didn't have hobbies, right? But the truth is that that magical future that we're all dreaming of where all life just pours effortlessly into our writing really never comes. Even for hugely successful writers, we're still always going to have many, many conflicting needs pulling at our attention. We're going to have meetings. We're going to have productions. We're going to have multiple projects that we're juggling. We're going to have family. We're going to have experiences right now. And we need these things, right? Uh, if we lived in a total solitude where all we did was write, it would be really hard to come up with interesting ideas for a film or a TV show, right? Our, our ideas grow out of our relationships, out of our friendships, out of our experiences, even out of our frustrations, even out of our problems, right? You know, a lot of us hanker for a future that, that doesn't really exist. And at the same time, it can be extremely challenging to build room for your writing. How do you make room for your writing when your life is already over full? How do you make room for your passion when you have so many responsibilities? And how do you break through the inertia of feeling tired and feeling like you don't have enough time to get all the things you need to get done? How do you start a overwhelming dream passion project in the midst of all that. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this podcast. Um, okay, so where do you start? It's just a truth about human nature that we tend to prioritize whatever is in front of us. Um, subconsciously, whatever message you send to your subconscious mind when you first get out of bed, well, it's going to kind of take that as super important, you know? So if you roll out of bed and the first thing you say to yourself is, oh my God, I got to check my email, right? Your subconscious mind goes, okay, got it. That makes sense. Email's real important. Let's keep focused on email. And somehow that email checking and that anxiety that you woke up with rolls into a whole day. You never get out of your email and you never do that important thing that you really wanted to do. As opposed to thinking, well, what's the big dream, right? It tends to go, okay, whatever you're showing me is probably what I actually need to focus on. So on the simplest level, we need to establish a pattern that consistently shows our subconscious mind what really matters to us. And that really starts by showing our conscious mind what really matters to us. Because often we don't actually take time to consciously think about it. Uh, in a way, many of us are passive main characters in the journey of our own life. Um, and it gets really hard to root for passive main characters. It becomes really hard to feel structure for passive main characters, right? It feels really easy to become just as stuck about them as they are about themselves. So if you want to actually achieve your dreams, um, 
that begins with doing the hard work to say like, what actually matters to me? What actually matters most? Um, and by the way, it's okay if it's not writing. If you got to do some meditation, go like, what is the most important thing in my life? And that doesn't preclude, that doesn't preclude all the other things that matter to you, right? You don't have to be a narcissist or a megalomaniac to become a great writer. Um, but it's going, but everybody needs a dream. Um, if your dream isn't writing, then great. Find a dream that is your dream. Uh, but if your dream is writing, it's important to remember that you must serve your own dream in order to serve all the other things that are important in your life. You are going to be so much of a better relationship partner if you are serving your own dream. You are going to be so much of a better employee if you are serving your own dream. You're going to be so much better of a friend if you are serving your own dream, if you know you are moving your life in the direction that you want to take it and you're living your authentic dream. So everybody needs a dream, but we got to really name that dream. And so the first thing you want to ask yourself is, is writing really the dream? When you think about writing, do you think, well, yeah, it would be nice if I was a writer. Uh, well, don't chase that dream. Don't chase the dream. Eh, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't mind being a rock star, right? Don't chase the dream that like, kind of seems nice. Chase the dream that you're excited about. Chase the dream that you really want to chase. And don't chase the dream that's practical. Well, I really want to be a writer, but, you know, that seems really hard. So, you know, maybe I will, um, you know, become a, uh, a legal uh, secretary. No. Sure, you could become a legal secretary if you have great skills there. But everybody needs a dream. And the important thing is not whether you achieve the dream or not. The important thing is pursuing it. That's what actually gives you the structure right? That's what gives you the meaning. And if your dream ends up being the wrong dream, that's what leads you in the right way. So the first thing you got to do is you got to actually do that hard work of going like, what's the dream I'm chasing? Among all these other priorities, what is the dream? What is the real dream for myself? Everybody needs one. Um, if you don't know, well, then you might have to ask yourself a smaller question, the same way as if you were building the structure of a character's journey, right? So when we talk about the big dream, that's, that's the super objective. And sometimes we get a character like that, right? Who has the big dream. So, you know, if we think about um, Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso wants to inspire these soccer players. Um, if we think about, if we think about WandaVision, Wanda wants to keep her love alive. So sometimes we got a character with a really big dream. And if your character has a really big dream, if you have a really big dream, you know the big dream, great. Pursue it. And ask yourself, how am I going to put that in front of myself early? How am I going to wake up and do some small thing in pursuit of the big dream? It doesn't have to be a huge thing and it doesn't have to get you all the way there because just putting your focus on the big dream first thing in the morning, making that the first thing you put in front of yourself before you put your email and your responsibilities and all the other things that are kind of running away with your life. When you put the big dream in front of you, just like when you put your big dream in front of a character, what happens is 
your mind starts to focus on it. Your mind starts to move towards it. Your mind starts to go, oh, this is the important thing. And your mind starts to make space for it. Um, if you can't come up with a big dream, that's okay. Start with a little dream. Uh, I'm watching White Lotus right now. Uh, one of the characters, his little dream is he wants the palm suite. He wants the bigger suite for his honeymoon. That's his little dream. And that's all you need to build the whole structure of his journey. Um, of course, that's a negative little dream, but nevertheless, that's all you need. Um, it, can be, uh, it can be as small as, hey, I don't know what I really love, but I'm curious about this character. I don't know what I really want to do, but I've always been curious about writing, or I've always been curious about television, or I've always been curious about ballet. It doesn't matter. If you can't come up with the big dream that you want to do for the rest of your life, that's cool. What's the little dream? What's the little thing that's attracting you that has a genuine attraction? And pursue that, whatever that thing is. And put that thing in front of yourself first thing in the morning. And you can see that the way that we're talking about building structure for our lives as a writer is very much related to the way we build structure for a character, right? We lose track of characters when they don't have objectives, right? It doesn't matter if the, if the dream is a giant dream like Neo wants to be the one and see reality and save the world. Or if it's a little tiny dream, like the character in The World's End who just wants to complete the pub crawl with his buddies from high school. It doesn't need to be big, but it needs to be heartfelt. And when you give your character an objective, when you get clear on your objective, it becomes much easier to build structure. Whereas if your character is juggling 17 objectives and we don't know which one's important to them, we tend to zone out on them. We tend to lose track of them. And in the same way for you, right? If you're juggling 17 dreams and you don't know which the important one is, well, you tend to lose track of yourself. And pretty soon, you're not only passive, you're reactive. You're just dealing with whatever's happening as opposed to carving your own way. And that leads to a whole bunch of other problems that have nothing to do with art, but depression, anxiety, fear, misery, right? All this stuff comes out of just not knowing what the dream is or not knowing how to put it in front of ourselves. Um, the, one of the ways that I keep myself focused on, on my dream is uh, through a, a wonderful technique uh, called morning pages. Um, now, I did not come up with morning pages. Um, morning pages are, were created by Julia Cameron, who wrote uh, The Artist's Way. It's probably one of the greatest books ever on the writing process. Um, uh, but I do morning pages. And morning pages are my way of remembering what's really important to me. So the first thing that's going to happen every morning when I roll out of bed is I am going to not check my email, not check my phone. I'm going to roll out of bed and I am going to write three pages. And those three pages might be three pages of a script. Those three pages might be three pages of random thoughts. Those three pages might be three pages of, of fury. Those three pages might be three pages of dreams. It can literally be whatever comes out. But what this does is, number one, it 
reminds me that I am a writer. Uh, the first thing I do in the morning is write. And number two, it helps me focus my thoughts for the day. It helps me focus my energy on where do I want to actually go today? What actually matters to me today? Um, now, when I say I do morning pages, uh, I'm just like you. There are times when I lose track of what's important to me. There are times when I forget to do my morning pages or go, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I got it today. I don't need it. And you know, that one day where you're like, I don't need it turns into two days where I don't need it. And then a week where I don't need it. And you're fine for a week. You're fine. Maybe for 10 days, maybe you're fine for a month. And then suddenly you find yourself lost and drifting and not feeling connected. And you realize, oh, it's because I didn't do my morning pages, right? I didn't do my routine. So this is the next part of it, right? Writing is a routine. It is something that you do. In fact, anything that is important to you needs to become a routine. It needs to become something that you do. If you make it too precious, it becomes too important, right? So if you're like, I'm going to write, I'm taking a week off and all I'm going to do is write. Uh, I need that week, right? Well, sure, that's nice. Everybody would love that. But you're not going to finish your whole script in a week and you're going to end up feeling lost after that week because you didn't have any preparatory time. So the truth is you don't have any rhythm. You're probably not ready for that week. You're probably going to feel overwhelmed during that week. Like if you tried to lift 500 pounds without ever working out and then that week's going to end and you're going to probably be down on yourself because you didn't do enough in that week to actually get where you need to go. So it's important that writing become a rhythm, right? The writing not be so important. If, if you have a bad writing day, it's, it's okay because you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to write again. And you know what? If I have a bad writing day tomorrow, that's okay too because tomorrow I'm going to write again. And you know what? If that day is a bad day too, guess what? Tomorrow I'm going to write again. Uh, this is a, a lesson that I took from one of my great mentors. The truth is all of us, we're only as good as our mentors, right? We're only as good as the people who taught us, who kind of paved the way for us. Um, and I was very fortunate to have some really incredible mentors in my life. Uh, and, and one of them is a guy named Joe Blaustein, who's not a writer, he's a painter. And Joe is one of the real artistic mentors in my life. You know, I was introduced to the, even the idea that I could be an artist by another mentor, Esme Thompson at Dartmouth, who taught me to see myself as a visual artist, which I didn't even know was possible. I didn't even think I could draw a stick figure. And Joe helped me make the transition from drawing, which I learned with Esme, to, to painting. Uh, he taught me how to see color, how to understand color, and how to play with color. Again, a skill that I didn't even think I had. Um, but the greatest lesson that Joe gave me was not how to paint. It was this very simple idea. Joe wouldn't let us paint on canvas. He insisted that we paint on paper. He said, if you paint on canvas, you're going to get precious with it. You're going to think it's really important. You want to paint on paper. You want to feel like you could throw it away. Um, and that was one of the most powerful creative lessons that I've ever learned, right? 
you want to write like you're writing on paper. Well, good, you are, right? You want to write like you like you could throw it away. It's just a scene. You'll make another scene tomorrow. And the next day, you'll make another scene. And you're always going to show up and you're always going to do it. It's just a part of your rhythm. And then what happens is you stop riding that roller coaster of ups and downs as the muse comes and the muse goes away. You stop having, you know, whatever crazy routine you've come up with that you believe is the only way you can write. And the only way you can get in touch with the muse, right? You can lose all that. You can let all that go. And, and you can realize, no, it, it, it's not about that. It's not about riding the wave of the muse. Sure, if she comes, say, thank you, muse. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Thank you for coming. But she may come. She may not come. Your job is to show up. Your job is to show up again and again and again to remember you're writing on paper. You could throw it away. It's just something you do, just like making your morning coffee. It's just something you do, like showing up for work. It's just something you do, like checking your email. It's just something you do. And this is the crazy thing about dreams, right? Um, dreams are seductive because they're so big. Uh, and they're so beautiful, and we imagine that end point, and we think the end point is the dream, but that's absolutely inside out and backwards. The process of moving towards the end point is the dream. The process is really where you live most of your life. It's so rare to actually hit the end point. And even when you hit the end point, it likely will be different than you imagined it. It's actually the process of the every day that makes you a writer. It's not selling a script that makes you a writer. Sure, I want you to sell a script and we're going to help you to hopefully sell a script, but it's showing up at the page every day that makes you a writer. And so how do you show up at the page? Well, for a lot of us, showing up at the page is overwhelming. Um, so my recommendation is that you break it down into the smallest possible chunk you can. You want to make it really not overwhelming. Um, and one of the ways that you do that is you get out of the writing well business, which you can't control, and which you probably, if you're early in your career, you probably can't even evaluate yet. Probably, if you're early in your career, you don't actually know your good writing from your bad writing. Um, I've seen so many writers throw out their best scenes because their best scenes make them feel vulnerable and anxious and scared and sometimes cling on to their most cliche and boring scenes because their cliche and boring scenes remind them of things they've seen in other movies. They feel right for that reason. It takes some time to actually learn how to evaluate what's working. So we're going to get out of the good business. We're going to get out of the talent business. We're not going to worry if we have talent or not. Instead, we are going to get into the volume business. Our job is to show up and show up and show up and show up and always be generating pages and always be generating pages and always be generating pages. Our job is just to keep showing up to remember we're writing on paper and to worry about making it all work and making it all good later. So in order to do that, we want to break our writing down into nice small chunks. Chunks you can't talk yourself out of. And you want to schedule the exact time you're going to do those chunks. So this would be my recommendation. I like to write in seven minute increments. 
The reason I love seven-minute increments is I can't talk myself out of seven minutes. I can try. Um, I'm a writer just like you, which means most of my life is filled with overcoming resistance. Everything that I'm teaching you doesn't come from me being on a pedestal and knowing this. Everything I'm teaching you comes from me over a lifetime finding different ways to deal with my own resistance, my own fears, my own failures and shortcomings. Um, and this is what I want to share with you. So hopefully you can get there in an easier way than I did. But I have resistance too. And how do I overcome my resistance? Well, I realized my resistance was usually because my goal was too big, because I was focused on the super objective rather than on the objective in movie terms. It's the same reason why so many movies and so many shows with such great premises turn out to have crappy execution because the writers only focus on the big picture. They're not focused on like, well, what does she want in this moment? What does she want in this scene? What is the dream that can be achieved right now, not the dream that can be achieved by the end of the film? And so breaking my writing down into seven-minute chunks was transformative for me and continues to be. I'm a night owl, so I like to do my seven-minute chunks at night, but you can do your seven-minute chunks anytime you like. Um, remember, I'm priming myself. I wake up in the morning. The first thing I'm doing is morning pages. Why am I doing morning pages? It reminds me I'm a writer. It allows me to focus on what's important for the day. I'm going to do the thing that's important before I do the email, before I answer the fear, before I get swept up into the current of my day. Then I'm going to, just like everybody else, I'm going to attack my day. And guess what? I have dreams for work too, and I try to keep focused in the same way. There are dreams for the studio that really matter. And as I build the studio and, and as we try to serve our writers and our community, right, there are things that I have to let go in order to do the big things that are going to really move the needle for my writers. So um, on that tread too, I'm trying to focus my energy. What do I want now? Not what's coming at me. Where do I want to focus? What is the time that I set aside for those little annoying tasks like email? Don't allow yourself to be in your phone all day. Set your phone down. Schedule the time in your calendar. This is the time I'm allowed to play with email. This is the time I'm allowed to respond. And outside of that, I'm not going to. Even if you had to, every 45 minutes, I check my email. Great. You want to free up your time so stuff isn't coming at you all the time, so that you're dedicating your focus to the thing that matters to you. So, you know, I have two threads in my artistic life. I have the thread of the studio, my journey as a teacher, and the goals and the dreams I have for my students. And I have the thread of myself as an artist, right? And I have to balance those two. So in my schedule, I'm looking at what are the times for the studio and what are the times for me as a writer? And where do I want the focus to be? And at different times, the focus is in different places. So uh, for many years, I made the conscious choice that the focus was going to be on the studio and my writing was going to take place at, for seven minutes at night after all that was done because the priority was the studio and writing was the secondary thread that I needed to thread around that. Um, at this point in my life, uh, the, the studio, I'm blessed 
the work that I did there, the way that I set that dream paid off. And I was fortunate enough to surround myself by a really incredible team and really incredible faculty, people who could take a lot of that burden off of me and uh, and who could who could run with with the, our mission without me being involved at every moment. And now my writing life is able to be almost an equal thread in in my life. So the way that you that you allocate your time isn't going to be the same at every phase of your career. And so it's important to go well. What's the main thing, and where do I thread my writing around that? Or is my writing the main thing, and everything else is going to thread around that? You you need to answer that question for yourself, not forever, but for where you are right now. Um, so we want to commit, right? We want to commit to consistency. If that consistency is every day, that's great. But even God rested. So you may want to give yourself a day off. My day off is Sunday night. I can choose to write Sunday night, but I don't have to. Uh, the reason that I like to write my seven minutes last thing at night is because before I go to bed, I don't have anything else to do. I'm already done all my work for my students. I'm already done all my work for the studio. Lacey, my fiance, uh, tends to go to bed much earlier than I do. So I'm already done all my work for my relationship. Uh, my dog is asleep. I don't have to walk my dog. And now I have time. It's just for me. And I it's late at night and I've done a lot of work. So generally my first thought is, wow, I'm tired. I should skip this tonight. And then I say, no, seven minutes. It's just seven minutes. You could do seven minutes. I could do seven minutes. No matter how tired you are, you could stay up for another seven minutes. It's going to take you seven minutes to brush your teeth. You can do seven minutes. So I'm going to write for seven minutes. And if you're going to use this technique, you can't think for seven minutes. You got to sit down and you just got to start writing for seven minutes. You got to, sometimes I'll reread a little bit of whatever the last scene I wrote the night before. So I can keep that in my mind, but you just got to launch in. You only have seven minutes and you've got to move it forward. So this is my technique, right? I live an extremely busy life. I work many hours. I, I'm very passionate about my job. I'm very passionate about the work that we do, but I know that if I don't serve my writing dream, that I don't feel fully myself, that I don't feel like I'm in control of my own story. So I set a timer for seven minutes. Here's the crazy thing. It's so rare that I only write for seven minutes. Usually what happens is I write for seven minutes and then suddenly I'm into something. And then I'm suddenly following that thread and suddenly the seven minutes becomes 10 minutes, becomes 15 minutes, becomes an hour, becomes two hours, becomes three hours. Suddenly the time opens up in my life that wasn't there before. And suddenly I start to think, okay, well, I'm going to stay up late tonight. So I guess I'll wake up late tomorrow. I start to go, oh, well, I want to stay up late and write this tonight. So, you know, this, this errand that seems so important that I had planned for tomorrow, you know, maybe I'm just not going to do that. Um, I'm going to stay up late. So, you know, that email that I was just dying to perfectly compose, maybe I'm going to have to send the crappy version of that tomorrow, right? Because what I'm doing is I'm actually prioritizing the real dream. On other days, you know, I, I have what are called bad writing days, right? Where that's seven minutes 
freaking hurts. It's hard to get that seven minutes out. It's hard to just show up for that seven minutes. And what I love about that is after seven minutes, I can close my laptop and I can go to bed. Or I can close my laptop, I can play my guitar. Or I can close my laptop, I can go binge watch some TV. Or I can close my laptop, I can go read a book. I can do anything I want. As long as I've written the seven minutes, I am a writer today. So to review everything we've spoken about, number one, you got to decide what the dream is. Not forever, but for now. You've got to Focus yourself on that dream in some way when you wake up in the morning so that your subconscious mind knows that it's important, right? That this is the dream. Um, If you're a morning person, you could write. uh, I like to do my morning pages. You could also do your writing for that first seven minutes. You uh, You could just take seven minutes to meditate in the morning and think about your script. You could take a walk and think about your script. You could walk with a little voice recorder and record little notes to yourself about your script. But you want to do something in the morning that you could jot down one idea for your script. But you want to do something in the morning that reminds you what really matters. That reminds you that you're doing what really matters. You want to schedule exact times you're going to write. I do it last last thing, but you might want to do it at lunch. You might want to do it if you're a morning person. You might want to do it in the morning. If you're, you might want to do it right after you get home from work. Uh, you might want to do it uh, right before you pick the kids up from school, right? Um, but you want to do it at an exact time, at a precise time, because what happens is a Pavlovian response starts to happen where you get used to writing at that time, where suddenly it's three o'clock and you're like, oh, it's time to write, where suddenly you sit down and you don't have to get the juices flowing. The juices are flowing. You're used to writing at this time. And that's when it starts to get really exciting. A lot of people are like, seven minutes? How the hell am I going to write a whole script? It's seven minutes, just seven minutes. But here's the amazing thing. Once you turn it into a rhythm, and once you realize how much you can write in seven minutes, once you realize what a great scene you can create in seven minutes, once you realize how much you can actually drive your story forward in only seven minutes, you start to realize how many seven-minute chunks you actually have in your life. You start to realize, oh, you know what? I finished lunch early. I have seven minutes. Let me jot that scene down. You start to realize, oh, I'm sitting in the doctor's office. I have seven minutes. Let me jot that scene down. You start to realize that you have all these seven-minute chunks in your life. And this magical thing happens because we all feel like we're out of time. We all feel like we can't possibly do the things that matter to us. But the truth is, we have so much more time than we realize. It just goes to the worst stuff. It goes to email. It goes to social media. It goes to Amazon shopping. It goes to mundane, menial tasks that are important, but not urgent, or that sometimes are urgent, but not even important, right? It goes to all these deprioritized things, right? That all end up getting in the way of the real dream. 
And once you start to realize that you can actually do your real dream, and not only that, that you are doing your real dream, and not only that, that you feel good about yourself because you're living your real dream, once it becomes a rhythm and a process, well, all these other chunks start to open up. And once you realize that you can open up seven minute chunks, other magical chunks start to open up too. You start to realize, oh, you know, I'm going to snag an hour here. Once you realize by saying no to that one stupid email, by not fighting that stupid $7 charge from Verizon that you know is wrong, that's going to take you three hours on the phone, by actually prioritizing the things that are important to you and letting some of the smaller things go, you start to realize you can open up bigger chunks. You can start to realize that you can actually say no to bigger things. You start to realize that you can actually make stronger choices that serve the things that really matter to you. And suddenly you start to realize that you're not achieving less in the same time. You're actually achieving more. That you're moving all these different threads that matter to you forward in less time because you know you have less time to, to do them because you know you need to make room for these things that matter to you. So step one is building the rhythm. And once you build the rhythm, so many of these other steps will actually happen all on their own. The last piece as a writer is that writing is a very isolating job. And for that reason, we need community and we need feedback and we need mentorship. Um, one of the reasons we built our ProTrack program the way that we did is to build exactly this kind of rhythm where you're meeting with a professional writer every week or every other week on a consistent basis. It's not like grad school. Grad school is the I'm going on vacation for two years dream. ProTrack is the I have a job, I have a life, I need to be able to support myself, but I have a dream that matters to me. What if instead of crunching a lifetime of learning into two years, what if I crunched a lifetime of learning into a lifetime? Uh, what if I had somebody who was expecting pages from me every single week or every other week? What if I was getting a little bit of feedback every week or every other week to help drive my writing forward? Same with our master classes. Instead of doing an immersive film school where you're going to have to generate $300,000 of debt and be left with so much debt that you can't actually pursue your dreams, what if you could get a film school education one Sunday a month, not over two years, but over a lifetime? Uh, what if you could learn in a community of writers getting the information in the masterclass and then practicing it in ProTrack. So we have programs to support you and we also have free programs to support you. So if you need some community and you're not yet ready for uh, to commit to the bigger dream, we'll commit to the little one. Show up on Thursday night. It's free. Thursday night writes every single Thursday. You come, you connect with our community. There are hundreds of writers there. We 
we learn about writing, we do writing exercises together, we hang out, we connect. So you can do that for free. If you can make a donation, we're grateful. We uh, donate it to our scholarship fund. We will match your donation and we'll use it to help students who otherwise couldn't afford our mentorship program or our master classes to actually attend those programs. And if you can't afford to make a donation, come for free. Bring a smile, bring a friend, have a good time. You're going to need that community. That community is part of the celebration of what you're doing. And this is the thing that I actually want to leave you with. It is not just enough to have success, right? It's not enough just to achieve your goals and achieve your goals. Show up every day, do it. You also need to celebrate your success. You also need to celebrate your success. And celebrate your success can be doing a little dance. Celebrate your success could be giving yourself a gift. Celebrate your success could be introduce yourself to somebody and say, I'm a writer. Celebrate your success could be coming and celebrating with us on Thursday nights and going, hey, I'm a writer today. I showed up at the page this week. I carved just a little bit of space that turned into just a little bit more and just a little bit more and just a little bit more until that little drip, that little trickle turns into a stream and then a brook and then eventually a mighty river of creativity driving you not just towards a future but through a really awesome present where every single day you are not pursuing your dream, you're actually living it. If you're new here, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, if you're enjoying the material and you're getting a lot out of it, write us a review, comment, share, follow us on social media. We do this 100% free with no advertising and you are what keep us alive. So thank you all so much for your reviews. They mean so much to me. And we're going to start featuring the uh, the writers who comment. So uh, here's the very first one. Hunt142 says, I'm so happy I found his podcast. Jacob's podcast have inspired me in so many ways. His love for screenwriting is so beautiful and it's so inspiring to me. Every time I listen to his podcast, I really feel like I need to go home and write immediately. I owe him a huge thank you for everything he has taught me. Well, Hunt, thank you. Um, I'm so grateful for your words. It means so much to me. And um, I uh, and, and to all of you who comment, who share, who ask questions, uh, thank you for being part of our community.